discussing the various approaches of the Rishonim as to why the Torah doesn't talk about the Sechar of Olam The Torah talks about reward, it offers reward in this world. And when the Torah talks about punishment, it talks about punishment here. Whether the punishment will be in the nature of withholding the rain and there being drought or famine, or even the more explicit punishments of the Teichacha, of the various sicknesses, the illness, suffering, goddess. But it's all physical. In the previous year we mentioned the three answers of the Ramban and the Rashba and the Sefer HaKinuch. Sefer HaKazari, I'm sorry. And what I want to talk about tonight is the Ma'alach of the Rambam. Again, I don't think any of these answers are contradictory. I think they're all true. They're all important principles. But specifically tonight, is, uh, what I want to discuss is the Yisrael of the Rambam. And the Rambam, besides asking the question, why doesn't the Torah speak about spiritual reward and punishment, he also, speak, he also asks a second question, and that is, why does the Torah talk about physical reward and punishment when we know there's a principle that schar mitzvah Baha'i al-Malaka, the Gemara says, which means that mitzvahs are not paid back in this world. Mitzvahs are not paid back in this world. Chofetz Chaim explains that, that this world doesn't have the currency to pay back mitzvahs. And if that's the case, why does the Torah offer rewards or punishments based on whether we keep the Torah or not? It's interesting, the Rambam devotes a whole parak in in Mishnah Torah, which is meant to be Halacha Sefer, but in the ninth parak of Hilchus Shiva, he devotes a whole parak to discussing this question. And the Rambam just says it like this. The Rambam explains that really, it's true. There's no reward for mitzvahs in this world, and there's no punishment for various. The punishment and the reward for what a person does are confined to the spiritual realms of Gan Eden or Gehenna. So then he asks, what then does the Torah mean when it says that if we keep the Torah, we will be given bracha, and if we disobey the Torah, we'll be given all the punishments of the Torah? Says the Rambam, what the Torah is telling us isn't the reward. What the Torah is saying is that when Hashem sees that people are trying to keep the Torah, He helps them. So we call it the Dishmaya. And therefore, if a person, because of a lack of peace in the world, because of a lack of resources, because of ill health, because of any other limitation, is unable to keep the Torah, HaKadosh Baruch Hu will make it easier for him. And all the brachas in the Torah are to make this world the optimal opportunity to keep Torah. And therefore, when Hashem sees that we're trying to keep the Torah and do the mitzvahs, HaKadosh Baruch Hu reciprocates by helping us. It's Begedus Yatadishmai. And therefore, all the brachas that the Torah promises are not reward. All the brachas that the Torah promises are, are only opportunities. It's opportunities for us to keep the Torah better. And therefore, he says, Imeda, what a person gets here doesn't touch the reward he's going to get in the future. Because if you're going to use the famous marshal of the Chavetz Chaim, I'll just uh, update it a little bit to make it a, a more current marshal, but it's exactly the same principle. The Chavetz Chaim talks about somebody, who's our terminology, who was on a cruise ship. And a cruise is very expensive. The person paid a lot of money to be a passenger on a cruise. And he's there, he's enjoying all the amenities and the scenery and everything the ship has to offer. And he meets someone else on board ship. And he tells the other person, tell me something, and I know this is a very luxurious opportunity, but it costs a fortune. How much did you pay for this? And the other person told him, I'll tell you the truth, I didn't pay a thing. 
Not only that, I'm being paid to be here. So he's all worked out. How's it fair? Now, I had to shell out a lot of money for the opportunity to be on the cruise ship and what, you being paid to be here? So the man said, yes. I work for the shipping company. I'm part of the staff. Now, says the Chavetz Chaim. He says, Lemaisa, that person enjoys exactly the same opportunities that everyone else on board cruises is getting. He'll visit the same places. He'll be shown the same scenery. He gets to eat the same food. He gets to sleep on the same ship. Right? Because he's working for the company as opposed to being a, a, a visitor, so to speak, so not only does he get it for free, he gets paid for that also. And the Chavetz Chaim used this principle to explain the Rambam. He said, a person wants bracha in this world. If a person wants to get from this world, so if he's in the category of a passenger, he's coming here because he wants to enjoy himself, so then nothing's for free. If you want to gain from this world, you're going to have to pay for it. But if a person is here in the context of he's here to use the world, so to speak, to work in the Avodah Hashem, then in the Chavetz Chaim's terminology, he is working for the company. If that's the case, he, not only does he get all the benefits of this world, because that's just what he needs in order to do his job, but gets paid for that also. And therefore, says the Rambam, that when the Torah talks about reward, it's not payment. When the pilot gets a free flight, uh, gets a free meal on board flight, that's not the payment for flying the plane. This is the, the, the salary is something else. That's what he needs in order to do the job. What the Torah offers is that if a person does the job that HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants him to do, then HaKadosh Baruch Hu is going to assist them. He's going to enable them to do it better by making, by making the ideal circumstances for them. And the same thing, the reverse. If Lo a person is not using the brachas HaKadosh Baruch Hu gives him in this world, right? He's using the, the ease, the comfort, the money, the health, the life that he has to do a virus. So then that's a reason for Hashem to take it away from him, besides for the Oynish. The Oynish is a different point. But why should HaKadosh Baruch Hu, so to speak, give bracha to a person just to misuse it? And if that's the case, the, all the clothes of the Torah, that Hashem takes away all the brachas he gives, are a consequence of a person misusing those brachas. That's not the Oynish. The Oynish is something else. This is the principle of the Rambam. Again, I don't think in an August of the Rambam, I think this is a basic point in Ashkafa, but the Rambam explains, explains this very clearly. Is this the only calculation? This is If you listen to the mitzvahs, then Hashem will send the rain and give you plenty. That's not because of it's not the reward for it. It's if Hashem sees you trying to keep the Torah, so HaKadosh Baruch will make it easier for you to keep the Torah. Now the Rambam uses the same Yisrael to explain something else to us. And this is a Yisrael also in Yimuna, which Rambam talks about not once, three times. Obviously, by him, it was also something of extreme chashivas. And that is the concept of Mashiach. And the Rambam explains the concept of Mashiach exactly the same way. He says the idea is that people don't have the opportunity to become the whole Torah. We're not talking about the Jews who in Goddess were persecuted, and because of the persecution were unable to keep mitzvahs, or who were limited in their ability to because they were confined to whatever conditions they were and couldn't do mitzvahs. But even Jews like us today, who Baruch Hashem, we don't have those physical limitations, but the, the mitzvahs is, we can't do many of the mitzvahs. We don't have a base of we don't have Tyra, we don't have a lot of the mitzvahs that there were in the time that the Torah expects us to have. And if that's the case, we're very limited in our ability to earn the Mabba. And therefore, says the Rambam, the point of Mashiach is to provide the opportunity for all the Yidden who didn't have that opportunity beforehand to fulfill all the mitzvahs, HaKadosh Baruch Hu will create for them the opportunity to fulfill the mitzvahs in the ideal circumstances. 
in ideal circumstances that there won't be hunger and there won't be illness and there won't be the threat of, of Goyim infecting us or anything else and we'll have a Besam Mikdash, there won't even be a Yetzirah. And therefore we'll have an ideal opportunity in order to make a mitzvah. And why is that important? Why is that important? Because that's the only way to earn a mabot. And therefore the famous words of the Ramah, which like I said, he repeats this in three different places in his Sefer. He says the reason we're waiting for Mashiach isn't for the wealth and isn't for the power and isn't for the freedom. It's Ela Kadei Shiyupnuyim from all the Torahs and from everything else. Lasek B'Torah V'Avoidah Kadei Shiyusku L'Chayu L'Mabot. In one word, even if there's no Yetzirah, we'll still be given reward based on what we did before the Yetzirah was shechted. It's like if I would give a marshal. If a person, let's say, wants to take a shuttle to space, so there's a certain amount of speed you need to work to get what we call escape velocity, to be able to break, so to speak, the barrier which holds you back of the gravitational pull of the world. Once you get through that, there's no more gravitational pull. But you're going just as fast. The idea is the same idea. It's just a marshal, but the idea is the same idea. That the ability to confront the Yetzirah is the ability to detach from it. When a person's done that, then the, 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 he continues to grow at the same speed. He's, he's broken that the hold the Yetzirah had on him, but he's given the opportunity to continue growing. But we can explain in more detail every time. I just don't want to get too sidetracked on that point. But the idea of Yetzirah Mashiach is the same thing. And therefore the Ram explains, and this is the point which is often misunderstood, the Ram explains that there'll have to be a Tchir Semesim at the beginning of the period of Mashiach. Why? To give all those Jews who died before Mashiach came an opportunity to get more mitzvahs in the setting which Mashiach provides. Because all Klai for the last 2,000 plus years who've lived and died in Goddess never had those opportunities. And therefore they could complain it wasn't fair. They did what they could do but they were very, very limited in their ability. Because any Jew can complain, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, I did what I was, could do in the circumstances I was in, but that was very limited. It was much less than I could have done had I been given the ideal circumstances. That's an accepted signer. And if that's the case, he has to be given the opportunity to do mitzvahs in those ideal circumstances in order to, have, to achieve what he can achieve. And therefore, there will have to be a Tchir Semesim not for reward and punishment. Not a Tchir Semesim before the Yamadin. There has to be a Tchir here in the physical world to enable people to live again and do mitzvahs again and fulfill all the mitzvahs that they didn't have the opportunity to do in their lifetime. Why? Because that's the only way to earn Olam Abba. is the result of the mitzvahs a person does. That's the schar. And a person can only earn Olam Abba what he does. And therefore, the brachas of the Torah, including Yemesa Mashiach, are only there to give a person the circumstances where he's able to do all the mitzvahs. And if we, if we want Zaychot in our lifetimes now because of whatever the shikl is, Hashem hasn't brought Mashiach yet, then there has to be an opportunity to bring people back to experience it then. We spoke about this in the Pashas Yisrael, that there are two ways we can become the whole Torah. Either by doing the mitzvahs physically, or at least if we can't do that, nice v'nishma. What we can't do, at least v'nishma we'll learn about and we'll achieve in learning. We'll achieve in learning. Um, it's true. That's one element of the mitzvah. There's an element of the mitzvah that we connect to the mitzvah. Just If we can't do it, at least by learning the Torah of the mitzvah, that's also a connection to the mitzvah. But there's a second point also, which again, you have to explain a bit more the Ramah Sashkafe. But the second point also, and that is that what a person achieves physically by doing a mitzvah, that it's makadish, it's, uh, if you want, was matak in that part of his body which is physically involved in doing the mitzvah, so that needs a physical act. If we have Ramach Evarim, connected to Ramach mitzvahs, 
So then even if a person connects to the shorish of the mitzvah by learning it, but the physical effect that you can connect to is only if he actually does it. So we'll, 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 you have the advantage of both. Okay, so that's, uh, let's just go back to where we started. The, the king asked the Kuzaria question. And that is, why doesn't the Torah talk about spiritual reward and punishment? As opposed to other religions where this is their main, this is their main setting point. We saw, number one, the answer to the Kuzaria. And that is, there's no point promising something which no one will ever see or know if it's true or not true. Right? So to promise the afterlife to people who will never see it and never experience it and never be able to report back if it happened or didn't happen, you can promise what you want. No one will ever know if you're telling the truth. Right? Whereas, if the Torah promises immediate reward and punishment in a physical sense for what we do or what we don't do, so then you can see it's true because you see it. The Torah fulfills its commitments. First point. Second point. You saw the Ramban. The Ramban says that the difference is that the fact that Hashem will reward or punish the person for what he did is Pashat. There's justice in the world. Right? The Kiddush is that Hashem is prepared to change the natural order even here based on what people do. So the fact that a tzaddik gets rewarded in Shemayim, it's not a Kiddush. What's he living for? But the fact that because a person does mitzvahs, that's why it's going to rain more, there's absolutely no connection between them. And the Kiddush is that Hashem is prepared to override nature, so to speak, based on what will do, even though there's no rational explanation why the one should affect the other one. The third answer we saw is the, the Rashba, and that is that the Torah never talks about spiritual things because the Torah we have is a Torah which refers to things in their physical form. However, there is a Torah which understood on a higher level, on the level of Shemaim, and then everything in the Torah is talking about spiritual things, and then we, can't, we don't mix and match. If the Torah we have is a physical Torah, it's going to talk about physical reward. If you're going to understand the spiritual nature of Torah, then you understand that the same breath is translated into spiritual concepts which provide spiritual reward. Both things are true. So both are true. Just uh, you can't read the Torah in the physical and explain, expect to understand it on a metaphysical Should level. Should I read it another way? 100%. That's what the is. That's the Torah. <coughs> there are probably levels about that as well. But at least what we have. We have, we have the Torah which translates the whole Torah into concept on a conceptual level. And lastly, the Rambam. The Rambam says that well, the Torah isn't talking about reward at all. And the Torah is talking about the fact that HaKadosh Baruch Hu will, make, will respond to how we act to make the circumstances such that it's easier for us to keep the Torah with Tzadikim. Or Chassel Shalom, if the opposite, then Adar HaKadosh Baruch Hu takes away our opportunity if we're doing the wrong thing. Have now, you the question, Because the Torah is not talking about spiritual reward at all. So the what? question is, why not? Oh, so good. So, now, so that's the answer to the last point. And according to the Rambam, why doesn't the Torah talk about reward? Why does it only talk about consequence? The Ram himself answers this. In the end of Sharon Melachim, in the uh, Melachim, and the Ram says, because the Pasuk says, And that is, you can't put into physical words a spiritual experience. And therefore, since the concept of Olam Abba is something which isn't physical, so we, we, Hashem can tell us again and again in the Torah right, that He's going to give us reward. And I'll give you three or four places in the Torah where the Ramah brings that Hashem says I'm going to give you spiritual reward. But it's not possible to try and define what that is because something which is spiritual doesn't have a physical way of describing it. For example, right at the beginning, when Hashem offers Torah the Torah, He says, if you keep the Torah, you're going to be a treasure from all the nations. You'll be a Mamlechus Kalim and a Goy Kodesh. Now, so Hashem's already told us that by keeping the Torah, we're going to have a spiritual level that no one else has. We will be the treasure. We will be a Goy Kodesh, a holier people. The, in the Brachas, 
the pasuk says, "Salachti b'seifichem, v'yitzlechem kerekim." I'll walk among you and I'll be for you and rekim. This doesn't just mean Hashem will be our God; He's always our God. Right? It means something much deeper. It means that something Yaakov Avinu himself davened for when he davened after he saw the vision of the ladder. He says, "Vahay Hashem li rekim." Hashem should be for me the rekim. Hashem promises as part of the as part of the schar. So it's referring to something spiritual. What Yaakov tried to get, and what Hashem promised us we'll get. But that's as far as the Torah can go. The Torah can tell us we'll be given spiritual levels, but how can the Torah define it more than that? Because we can understand the concept, maybe, but there isn't a physical explanation for Olam Abba because it's not a physical thing. It's a spiritual concept. Okay, that's what we want to talk about as a bit of a background to the Sugya. Tomorrow we'll go back to the, the Khazari inside and see the continuation of this dialogue uh, that he has with the king.